Welcome to the Simple Walk Podcast. We're Craig and Diane Brown, and in today's episode, we're going to investigate what real fellowship in Jesus looks like among believers. We'll take a look at a few scriptures, have some conversation. Let's get started. So we're going to be hitting several scriptures today about the topic of fellowship and love, but maybe what we can do is begin by talking about what, why. Why are we wanting to do this particular episode? Like you've said, you've been in church your whole life. I have, yes. My dad was a pastor. Right. So, I mean, I grew up in church you know, yes, all the time, people around us all the time. It was all all about um, church. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, your life was, huh? It was. I mean, I Sunday had morning, to, Sunday night, Wednesday mm-hmm. night, whatever, whatever. And you lived in a parsonage right on the property. I did. Yes, as a little boy, I had to. When I went to school, you know, I would. I remember trying really hard to be because all of my school friends were all, they weren't Christians, you know, they were young people that didn't know Jesus. And so I wanted to be their friend. So it was kind of backwards. And for me, because I tried real hard to be bad so that I could be their friends. And that was, that was completely wrong. (laughs) Right. And I was raised in a home that, well, I was raised on a naval base. We Mm -hmm. were civilian, but Mm -hmm. I did go to church. I, you know, I have this vague recollection. I'd have to call my sister and ask her if she remembers the same thing. But um, mm-hmm. I have this recollection of my mom dropping us off at Sunday school. And then we would go to church as a family, maybe, a you know, Christmas and Easter. And of course, the, the church on the base was called All Faith Chapel. Mm. And that's exactly what it meant. It would have, <laughs> it served people from all the different faiths. So if you went to the Protestant, you know, right. um, service, Which that is, would be the quote unquote Christian. Right. And that's the one you service. were in. Yes. Yes. We, yes. 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 Uh-huh. It wasn't until we moved away from there that I found Jesus. Uh huh. We have a long history in the church. We have a long history of, of um, looking church at experience. this. Church experience. Church experience. Yes. And you know, uh, through our life and through our time, I've been fortunate, and Diana, I've been fortunate. We've been married a good long time, and we've just been bathed in the scriptures our whole time that we've been together. And for me, prior to that, just so a little background, but um, and her also, of course. Um, but um, And we've had some really neat fellowship experiences in our life. Yes, we have. What's prompting this episode today is... um, Well, I have a great heart for the body. We have a great heart for the body of Christ, that that we grow into the fullness that God has for us. Mm -hmm. And we see that there is such a great need right now. There's, uh, There's a lack of really... I think leaders in the church are trying to figure out how do we activate... Christ in us in such a way that's going to cause a, they call it revival, but I call it a a move of God that rises up within the hearts and the lives of each one of us so that this world, it's heading in a certain direction. And we believe that God can, through us, through the children of God, can raise up and become mighty in this earth and can cause, we can redirect 
the evil that's going on, and we can direct it and steer it in a righteous way and bring Christ, bring Christ to the forefront. But it happens by us being empowered by his Holy Spirit. So we wanted to dive into this word fellowship and love so that we could begin to understand some of the key elements necessary for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, which his desire is for us to bring heaven to earth. And so let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 1, 9. And it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I, this version that I'm reading is uh, fellowship of his dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into. And I love that word into, because it really means it, it, it's something that expresses motion, right? You were called into, you were called from one place into another place. And that into is in Christ Jesus, the fellowship of his dear son. So the point of this verse is that we are being called in Christ. We accept him. We come into this relationship with him and he is calling us. He has called us into the fellowship of his dear son. Now, this is not about the word into and moving into expressing motion, you know, there's something that's a very uh, wonderful truth, and that is, if you don't move, if you don't move, nothing will happen. <laughs> it's kind of profound, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't put any action into something, nothing, nothing will happen. And so, it's really important to understand that in Christ, we have got to be active. We've got to be activated in order for his nature to move and cause his will to be done, we have to put effort into it. We have to get into the fellowship of his dear son. Now, what does that mean? And so let's look at, like, for example, John, 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves, and this is an action word, right? Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you think about that. Was that 4, 7, and 8? That is, uh, yeah, excuse yeah, me. Four, yeah, seven, First John eight. 4, 7, and 8. Mm -hmm. But it's an action word that's happening. God is love, and he needs us to love. So who loves is born of God and knows God. So he needs us to actually put effort into. So, so one of the things we've been seeing is that we are stuck in our seats, right? When we go into a church and when all of us, generally speaking, the church environment is such that you go in and you sit down in a church seat and you're kind of planted there. Every once in a while, some people get up and they'll talk to other people and stuff. But the, the word fellowship really has everything to do with a deposit into one another. It's talking about giving into each other's lives, right? It's the, the most important thing in fellowship in Christ Jesus, his, his whole point was that we would be one. Let's read, let's go right to John 17, verse 20, and let's see exactly what Jesus had in mind when he was talking about his hope and desire for us to fellowship. And I'm thinking maybe 20 through 23. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to read. So this is uh, John 17, and this is 
the Lord was praying. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now that is pretty intense if you think about it. Jesus is praying and the whole, this is how it works. We have got to be in Christ Jesus, because that's what that first verse, what it said when we first read it in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it said, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we are called into this fellowship, the same fellowship that he was talking about right there, him and the father had, he's desiring for each one of us. But that is a complete position of surrender to him and seeking him for everything, this fellowship that we have with him then overflows. See, remember, fellowship is a deposit into one another. So this this fellowship with the Father overflows out of me into you. Mm -hmm. That's true fellowship. But we've got to get out of our seats. We've got to go and we've got to just start loving on people around us. If you want to activate your church into the power that God has for it to move into, then we've got to actually get out of our seats and start realizing that the whole point of our relationship with God the Father is to deposit His nature into one another. That is true fellowship. If we're not doing that and we're stuck inside of a position, remember that unless you do something, Nothing happens, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So this is a very practical application, but for some reason, and I honestly think that there has been kind of a a, a tradition that is, I think, not of God, that is a tradition of man that has been placed in the church that has stopped us because the enemy's number one uh, objective is to derail a move of God. Mm-hmm. He wants to hold it at bay so that it's not activated, so that God's purpose is not, his kingdom does not come on the earth as, it, as his desire is for us. So this is why this is so important and such an important uh, episode, because fellowship is at the root of what God wants to do on this earth. It's the root of a move of God on this earth. And so if we learn to release as Jesus and the Father had fellowship with one another, so we have that same fellowship with them and we release that into each other, just think about it. So we have got to, number one, we've got to realize we've got to get out of our seat. But here's another really cool thing. Let's look at Ephesians 3, 9. This is really cool because not a lot of us really have understood what is the ultimate purpose, and it actually is beyond us, and this is really exciting. I'm going to go ahead and read both 8 and 9, since 9 starts with the word and. That's great. So Ephesians 3. Mm -hmm. It actually sets it up really well. Okay, good. Ephesians 3, 8 is, to me... Who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. See what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Now, could you keep reading? 
to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That is exactly perfect. So the unsearchable riches of Christ in verse 8 that he was talking, that's Paul is wanting to make known the unsearchable riches of Christ, right? Now, this goes on to say, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, right? The fellowship of the mystery. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 6, and we'll just do a little bit of an investigation into what that means, or probably 5 and 6 or somewhere or around I there. think 6 through 8. Okay. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So isn't that interesting? Something happened, Jesus had before the ages, like it says in Ephesians 3, 9, it says, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. So this mystery has been hidden in the, through the ages until now to the intent that now, it says in Ephesians 3, 9, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he, God, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So what is that saying? It's saying that we have been given, when we operate in this place of fellowship, what happens is that God has given us the authority to be his sons and daughters, right, in Christ Jesus. And that's, I believe, in around John 14 or 13, I believe it is. He says he's given us now the authority to become the sons and daughters of God. So we have been given the right to do this, but we have to walk in this place of obedience to him, this place of fellowshipping with one another and in the love and in the light and the truth of Christ. So how does that look in fellowshipping in today's church, whether it's whether it's on Sundays, whether it's in a small group, whether it's just one-on-one -on -one with fellow believers or in a group of fellow believers that aren't part of any kind of organized anything. How does that look? Well, How does it look different than what we're seeing? Well, it starts, and this is, this is the have to of the whole thing. It has to be that each one of us individually is sold out for Jesus, mm -hmm. th that we're giving our life to him. Because if we're not, then, and, and you know, th there's no condemnation. We're all on different levels in our relationship with Christ, and we're all growing, and we're all learning to love. But the one thing that we can have, the one common denominator, no matter where you're at, is that is that I'm surrendered to Christ. I'm giving my life to him. I'm giving my all to the best of my ability. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm surrendering my life to him. So if we're all on the same road, 
right? We all have the same objective, and that is that Jesus is going to rule my life. He's going to be Lord of my life. He's going to give me the ability to cast down my flesh and all of these. And our goal would be to build each other up yes, and to encourage one another and to help each other grow right. in our relationship with him. With him. That's kind of the purpose of believers being together. Really, there can't be any other purpose. And what's happened is to take that, finish that thought about, you asked the question about what does that look like? Then the overflow of that personal relationship, my personal commitment to Jesus Christ, that overflow of my relationship, the joy that I have in my relationship with Christ, that he's my all in all. Not only are we supporting one another, but we're also fellowshipping into one another in that love and joy. Mm -hmm. It's really important, though, and what I've seen happen in the church so much of the time, I see that they have brought in all of these other carnal things thinking, now this is an age-old trick of the enemy to, to sneak this thought into the church, that the Word of God is not powerful enough to actually, this fellowship that I'm talking about in one another, it's not powerful. We need to inject some carnal things to draw people in. We need to inject worldly things and... This is so dangerous, and scripturally, this is so lukewarm and so wrong and so not what God's intent is. It's been, it's caused something to happen in the body or in the church system that we see. It's mm -hmm. caused something to happen that has taken the power. It's, uh, it's watered it down. It's watered it down. It's made it lukewarm. And that's why Jesus says uh, the lukewarm church, Laodicea in Revelation, he says, I would spew you out of my mouth because this lukewarm place is not God's intent and it's not right. He made a public spectacle of all of this and he now wants to live victoriously through our life. But if we allow carnality to be mixed in to contaminate our fellowship with one another, then it makes us weak. Mm -hmm. It makes us to where we're ineffective so that we can't, when we're joined together on the flip side, when we're joined together in the power of his love and in the power of his Holy Spirit, fellowshipping in and with one another in Christ Jesus, and we come together and our number one purpose is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Mm -hmm then what happens is that we become an unstoppable force. It makes known to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, like we just read in, in Ephesians 3, 9 and 10. It makes known to them what is the, what does it say? Principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose. It makes known to them the eternal purpose of God, which they can't stop. Because Jesus made a public spectacle of them. He's conquered them. He triumphed over them in it. They have no authority against the power of God in our life. And so this is the power of fellowship in the proper sense to where we're walking in the power of his glory, in the power of his word, with one another, loving one another, letting the joy of the Lord be our strength. The power of God can move on this earth in a way that is spectacular that we've yet seen. And that's our hope, is that this episode can bring to light something that has been missing and perhaps can sow a seed in the body of Christ that we can bring wholeness and we can bring healing and we can cause God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we were thinking that this really would be a fun episode to do. We thought it was important. It's on our heart to just shine the light of Christ. 
We want to help the body of Christ become whole and become all that God's designed it to be. That's really the whole purpose of our doing this podcast for our children so that they can be equipped, so that our friends and family and everyone that can hear our voice after that, that that they can understand and know Christ in a beautiful, wonderful way. This is something that it takes, you know, it takes guts to walk with Christ because you have got to be all in. You've got to surrender your life. You've got to become completely sold out for Jesus. And it's really... It's kind of a it's kind of a no compromise. It is. Life. It is. And that's okay. <laughs> it's really the way it's supposed <laughs> it to be. Yes. You know? And yeah. that's the beauty of Jesus because when you go there for him, then I'm telling you he he in, infuses himself into your world, into your life. He blesses you by being there with you all the time. Never let you go. He will not forsake you. And when we're able to experience that, that overflows to the people around us, which then causes this, I guess you would call it more of a correct type of fellowship to right. happen. It's true. It's it's love. It is love. It is just so loving towards one another and caring mm -hmm. and undergirding and supporting one another and what they're doing. So right. that's why love and fellowship. God is love. You know, just remember that if you love God, then you're going to love one another. So that just about wraps this up. It does. We just want you to know how much we love you and care for you. And we just thank you so much for being with us. And God bless you always. And we will see you on the next episode. 